Welcome to Simply Living Wellness, where you learn how to love yourself, heal yourself, and how to nurture your mind, body, and spirit. So today we're here to talk with Lauren Ciesco, who is a certified life and weight coach. And Lauren has an inspiring story to share with us today. I'm very excited to hear this. Lauren and I have some history. Her mom and dad are close family friends. And when I first met Lauren, she was just a baby. So the bit of age difference there. Um, we've reconnected thanks to Facebook and super excited to have her on today to share her story and how she has helped others overcome health and weight issues. So Lauren, very excited to have you. Thanks for having me on today, Donna. Let me give everybody just a little bit of synopsis of your background, and then we'll just let everyone hear you tell the story yourself. So Lauren Ciesco is a former emotional and binge eater who then turned herself around and became a personal growth junkie and certified life and weight coach. At her heaviest, she weighed up to 199 pounds and was stuck in a vicious cycle of yo-yo dieting. Don't we know all about that? Losing and gaining the same 50 pounds for over 20 years. So in her 30s, Lauren swore off dieting for good. She was over the struggle, and she's going to share that story with us of her own personal transformation. Lauren works with women who are emotional eaters that are looking for a different solution to permanent weight loss that doesn't require dieting, exercise, or willpower. Wow, I'm very excited to hear, Lauren. Instead, she teaches women how to master their minds and emotions by breaking through limiting beliefs, self-sabotaging behaviors, and creating new habits that result in permanent weight loss. She helps women shift their identity from being an emotional eater who struggles with their weight to somebody who doesn't even desire food, feels confident and feels her program thinking, now that I've lost this weight, what else can I accomplish? Her weight loss program isn't about the food or the weight. Those are the symptoms. This is a mindset program, and she addresses the beliefs that are kept that are keeping you stuck and teaching you the meta skills to create the results that you want in your life. So nice to have you join us, Lauren. I can't wait to hear you tell your story. <laughs> How thanks, are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Once again, thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here and share a little bit about really what's been a, a lifelong journey and struggle for me, which has a happy ending of me figuring out a better way to, to losing weight. So I'm excited to be here. Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming here and sharing with our listeners. Um, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background and how, you know, this yo-yo dieting that you were stuck in and how you got to be a health and well weight loss coach. Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, it, it has been a lifelong battle of mine. I am a naturally empathic person. And when I was a young girl, I turned to food to soothe me and to really numb out from the powerful emotions that I felt all of my life. And I just always thought that there was something wrong with me. And so food was um, my coping mechanism. And, you know, when I was younger, I would use it, but then really it became a problem when I got really into my teens and, and into my twenties where I ended up 
through conditioning of using food, just really did not know how to feel my emotions and just really use food as a way to check out. And um, through that experience of, you know, using diets and exercise and willpowering, I was able to, you know, lose and gain weight uh, many, many times over again, um, which turned into kind of a vicious cycle because it was never sustaining my weight loss. It was just through white knuckling it or diet or whatever it was the fad diet was. And, you know, I got into my, to my thirties and realized that I just didn't want to have that experience anymore and be stuck in the struggle of my weight and not liking my body and hating who I had become because of my battle with, uh, with emotional eating. And, you know, one day I woke up and I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm going to change. And I realized that my past thoughts and emotions was a residual effect that kept me in that. And that if I wanted to change, I had to start thinking differently. So uh, I really did an inward turn. I realized that for most of my 20s, um, I was chasing like an outside validation. And that's why I was using food. But through surrendering and, and kind of, I'm going to call a spiritual awakening, was able to really realize that food is um, just a symptom. And it's really my lack of ability to process my emotions and think differently that kept me stuck in this cycle. So I was able to, you know, use, and, and that's when I really got into spiritual growth, you know, spiritual growth and also self um, development, which is why I call myself kind of a proclaimed uh, personal growth junkie. I really got into it. I realized it's about taking responsibility for yourself, you know, and, and that's where life gets good. And I, you know, studied Tony Robbins and I studied, you know, all of the great, thinkers out there, Wayne Dyer, um, and eventually was led to Brooke Castillo, who is the creator of the Life Coach School, through there decided, uh, she, using her tools, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, um, was really able to completely change my life in a short period of time. And based off of her teachings, which she teaches the model, which I'm going to summarize really fast for you. So ultimately, you know, everything in this world is neutral. So it's our thinking about a neutral circumstance that creates a feeling and it's our feelings that create our actions and it's our actions that create our results. Mm. So when I was able to realize that it was my thinking creating my reality, that's when I was able to take responsibility and start making changes. And I was first able to really apply these concepts to my career and in about a year doubled my income Mm, yes yeah, continuing to go up so I was like "Ooh, there is something to this maybe I could do this for my weight and you know part of and, and one of my favorite quotes and really what I've been living through right now is you know you've been assigned this mountain to show others it can be moved and I decided to to choose to look at my struggle with my weight and with my body as an assignment and as a blessing instead mm -hmm. of looking at as it as why is this happening to me? Why, you know, why am I still dealing with this and playing the victim instead that one thought changed everything and empowered me. And that's really the power of our thinking. And that's the power of realizing that, you know, we are creating our own reality. And when you can make a subtle shift and, and 
real change, like long-term change comes from identity. So right now we are all, have a, we have a lot of subconscious programming that goes on. So we wake up and we're, it's very automatic. We don't think consciously about what we're creating in our lives. Mm-hmm. But when you are able to realize that you're in control of that and create the shift. And so it's identity that I'm working on. You know, I'm, work, I'm working with women who they come to me and they say, I can't lose weight. And I ask why. And their answer is because I haven't been able to do it in the past. And so people or women are using their past experience to determine what they can do now. But really the key and the shift is, is coming from your future self and thinking and feeling and doing as if you were already there. And that's how I help women with create creating the results of weight loss through their identity so that eventually it becomes automatic and effortless. Hmm. Now I have, you know, studied health and wellness and personal growth myself. And I, I know that concept goes back years and years with, you know, as a man thinketh, um, uh, I forget who wrote that, but you know, in 1930 or something. And so, you know, I, I think understanding that's one thing, but then actually putting it into practice, what I personally find hard. So um, how do you help them, you know, women get, you know, keep in that mindset of it's already happened. I can lose weight. I am healthy. I am strong. Are there any, um, you know, any tips you could share with us or or how do you help make that actual shift? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, Donna. And of course, it's so much easier said than done as most things. (laughs) Um, And so it really is a process. So, you know, the first thing that I work with women is um, awareness. So getting really aware about what their current thinking is creating Mm -hmm. and having them really take ownership of their current story, because it's what they're currently doing that is creating where they're at. So you can't move forward and you can't create change unless you know what you're currently creating. So the very first step that we do is just taking inventory on the story that they're currently telling themselves. Mm -hmm. And then I really help by being that mirror to show them how their current thinking is creating the results. And then from there, we're able to get intentional and then start thinking about the thoughts that they would have to think differently in order to create new results. So let me just give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the common, uh, like I said, the common thoughts that somebody is, is thinking is, you know, I haven't been able to do in the past, so I can't do in the future. Now that's a belief system. So when somebody thinks that thought, I haven't been able to do in the past, I can't do it in the future it then creates a feeling of doubt or of, you know, not feeling confident. And that feeling does not drive the right actions, which then creates them being stuck in their current thinking. Mm -hmm. When I show people how their current thoughts is keeping them stuck, it then empowers them to realize that they need to think something differently. So the new thought that they could replace, the new belief system that we're going to create for them is going to come from, you know, I haven't been able to do in the past, but I can create my own future and and telling themselves they can empower it. So it's about just getting really intentional and then repeating that thought over and over again. So eventually it becomes a new thought. So the goal is to think less to not think the old thoughts. So eventually 
they no longer are repeated and they aren't subconscious. And then to increase the new thought that you want to be intentional about to create the results. Now, it's very important that I also mention that the thought is the vehicle for the feeling, but when it comes down to it, it's we do or we don't do something because of the way it's going to make us feel. So it's really the feeling that is driving the action and the feeling that's creating results. So it's the thought that just gets that feeling. And I don't know if any of your listeners are, you know, law of attraction um, followers or fans, but, you know, when it comes to the law of attraction, it's what we feel that we attracted to our life. So it's the feeling of already having it that brings it. So it's really important that feeling, the thought creates the feeling. And so you have to understand both of those. And especially for emotional eaters who have spent all most of their life eating foods that they don't have to feel, the feeling part is very foreign sometimes. And so I also go into a whole method of teaching them how to learn how to identify their feelings and feel their feelings and allow it so that they don't get, they don't resist it because it's the resistance of feelings that keep us stuck. Yeah. So, wow. So this truly is not a diet program. I mean, this is really going in deep into your inner world. And as humans, we don't want to feel pain. Mm -hmm. And so then we turn to other things to disguise that pain or to, you know, numb it. Or um, I'm just reading a book right now called The Addictive Personality. And it talks about that whole process. And so whether it's a food addiction or drug or alcohol or whatever it is, it's the same thing. It's like we don't want to feel that that uncomfortable or painful feeling. And so we use food or something to numb it, and then that feels better. And so then we kind of condition ourselves to keep doing that over and over, and then it mm-hmm. becomes an addiction. Yes. But you're right. We have to, and I've heard this from so many different coaches that I've, that I've interacted and worked with it's it's having it's just feeling those feelings and not um, pushing them away so how do you recommend people do that I mean when, when you start to feel that uncomfortable do you, do you first you know help them identify the trigger and then they maybe sit with it and feel it um, how do you how do you instruct them to do that part yeah great question so it's a, it's a three step process that i i teach them so once again it's the very first step is going to be awareness it's aware that that feeling is in your body now when somebody has gone so long without really feeling their feelings and avoiding it it's going to be a little bit interesting for them to like even describe it or feeling in their body so the activity or the thing that i like to tell my clients to do is Pretend that you are talking to a little Martian who just came down from, you know, planet X (laughs) and he asked you, you know, what does it feel? What does joy feel like? What does pain feel like? And the feelings, I'm going to use a specific feeling. So the feeling that most people are avoiding when they want a food is like an urge. So let's talk about the feeling of an urge. Like what leads somebody to eat is a feeling for an urge and it generally is created by the thought, I want that, which then you're like, oh, I want that. And it, and it shows up in your body. And so I first asked somebody is, okay, describe how it's feeling in your body. Because once again, the awareness is the naming it. And then you want to see how it's feeling in your body. So for myself, when I have an urge, when I see, so my favorite things to eat are the cookies and pizza. So I see a cookie or pizza and I have an urge. 
I have to realize like, oh, okay, so I'm feeling it in my chest. There's a little bit of a buzzing all over my, my, you know, my body a little bit. I feel like maybe my heart beat a little bit faster because it's something I want and just describing it. And then the third step in the most important that step is to allow it. Mm. So it's, I use the example of like, look at a door. So let's say somebody and the urge knocks on your door. When you allow it, you're going to open it and welcome it to come in. And the, the funny thing and the surprising thing is, is that when you allow feelings to come in and you sit with you and you honor it, they stay for a short period of time and then they move on. But what gets really tricky, Donna, is when people are resisting it, or they're avoiding it. So once again, the door analogy, the urge knocks on your door and you're resisting it. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna like, let's say hold the door shut so, the, so it can't come in. So you're putting all your energy onto it. And in that battle of resistance is when it magnifies the feeling and even comes worse. So people are, are, or the avoidance of just, it's knocking on the door and you're pretending it's not there. Hmm. So those are the three ways feelings come in, but the only way to allow it and to process it and to move through it is to just allow it. And the crazy thing is it's generally pretty harmless. And that's one of the, another skill. So every little thing that I teach my uh, clients, it's all skill sets. Like I said, this isn't about dieting and it, it is about losing weight, but it's not about losing weight. Mm -hmm. It's about learning different skills. And the very first skill set that I'm teaching people is how to feel and another skill set that I teach, which we briefly talked on about, is being able to embrace the discomfort and your willingness. You know, as humans, we are literally wired to avoid discomfort. That is why we, you know, tend to procrastinate and use food and buffer out is what I call it. You know, using the alcohol and the social media. But when you're able to know that you can feel any feeling that comes and you allow that feeling and you're willing to put yourself in a in discomfort on purpose, that skill, that willingness is freedom because you're able to sit with anything. And that's why people overeat is because they're not willing to be uncomfortable. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me give you just a little example because I've, I've been trying to practice this myself with, um, being in the office for for example in in the afternoons for me when i you know and they have lots of junk food in the kitchen and, and lots of little candies that are chocolates that are frozen and you know i particularly like them frozen but for me when it happens it's i've identified the feeling as, as boredom and tiredness so usually i'm i need that pep that sugar to just get, get me through the rest of the afternoon and boredom and i've tried sitting with it but you know how long do you have to sit with it because sometimes i just feel like i do that but then i still i have that thought of going and getting the candy my <laughs> feeling is boredom and so I'm already bored with what I'm doing maybe and I'm just sitting there allowing the urge allowing yes. the feelings is, is even more boring I guess what a great example because I think that like a lot of people eat because of boredom or just like restlessness is like what I that's my thing so yeah so here's the thing is that this is about brain science and wiring so for those so when you generally want to eat something or you have an urge or you're bored, you have a feeling and then you have a, you have a thought and then you have a feeling and then you go and eat it. So it's like right now, a lot of people, 
they have the urge and then they reward it with the food. They have the urge, they reward it with the food. So they, their brain science is used to being rewarded. When you decide that you're not going to eat it and you have an urge and then you don't answer it, it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, it, it takes some time. So for the very first, I say if you can go with 100 unanswered urges, after 100 of them, it's going to be easier. So it's kind of like hunger where it fades, like hunger comes and goes, it's waves. Same thing with urges. Like you might at that, you know, when you're sitting at your desk and you want to have the, the snack, you think about it, you sit with the feeling, you allow the feeling, and then it dissipates and then you move on. Well, most likely that's going to come back. So it's going to come back a little bit and then eventually you can move on. One of the things that I help my my clients with is what I say the very first week we work on compelling reasons and why you are doing what you're doing. Now, ultimately it's, you continue to get the urges because you're still thinking about the food. It's your thinking that's causing those feelings. So the exercises and the tools that I give my clients is when they're in those feelings and having those urges after they allow it, I have them go back to their compelling reasons of why they're doing it in the first place. Because if you're getting connected to your why, if you're getting connected to your compelling reasons, it's going to be easier. It's a reminder that thought is going to create a feeling of already having it or towards your goal, which is going to create you to not eat it. So it's the combination of rewiring in your brain and then also being really connected to why you're doing what you're doing so that you're able to stand the, the discomfort for that period of time until eventually it becomes not automatic and you have new neural pathways in your, in your brain. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. It reminds me of that book, the, the power of positive habits. And also recently I've done a group hypnosis kind of course with Marissa Peer and it's awesome. She talks about, you know, like I, I like to have a little piece of chocolate at the, after every meal and it's come to the point where it's not just dinner or lunch, but now it's breakfast and snack. <laughs> I eat something healthy and then all of a sudden I just feel like that little bit of, and I, I eat a really high quality, 85% cacao, organic chocolate is very low sugar, but it's still, I, ha I have to have it, right? And so I'm trying to break that habit and she was talking about how you can you know, every time you have the piece of chocolate, smell like an essential oil. So for me, it's peppermint. I just chose peppermint. And um, and if you do that enough times, then all of a sudden you can just smell the peppermint and you won't need the chocolate anymore. Mm -hmm. You won't have the desire for the chocolate. So it, it could be similar to that. Yeah, no, ex exactly. That's what it is. And really, the reason why people are overweight is for a couple of different reasons. One of the number one reason is over hunger. The, the types of food that people are eating right now are over processed and they are designed to keep us over hunger, continuing to eat because of all the flour and sugar. If you, oh, and are a hormone. So if you take out the flour and sugar and you balance your hormones, you're not going to be over hungry. The second reason why we're overweight is because of the over desire. And that is all brain science. We are we conditioned ourselves to over desire the food because we keep on rewarding ourselves where the whole goal of my program is to not desire the food. So we really go into the brain science, which we, that, which is why we look into our thoughts and our feelings in order to continue to stick with the discomfort while we're rewiring it. I actually call it going through the river of misery. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
so when somebody comes to me, they're current, like their current, I call it their model, their story, the way they're thinking is keeping them stuck with their current results of being overweight. In order, like I said, to shift your identity, this is about shifting your identity to a person that doesn't desire food, to being the person that doesn't want to overeat. In between that process, when you're re rewiring your brain, that is called going through the river of, your, of misery. You're purposely putting yourself in that situation until you can get to the other side where it will be automatic and it will be part of your identity. So that's really the process of becoming a, a, a becoming that person that doesn't desire food. I like to liken it to, you know, I I personally am friends with people that are not emotional eaters and don't have, um, you know, issues with overeating. And I go to their house and they have like cookies on their counters or pretzels or whatever. Like I personally can't keep that in my house because I'm going to want to eat it. But, you know, but they don't desire that. It's the same thing to, you know, for myself, I don't smoke cigarettes. If somebody came into my house and put a carton of cigarettes on my, on my table, I would have, I'd have no desire for it. Mm. That's what I want to get my clients to with food. Because yeah. right now they're overreacting. I want them to feel the same way about something that they're not emotionally charged to, and they can do it through learning how to manage their mind, learning how to manage their emotions, and understanding the brain science of deconditioning. And I think that's what you referred to earlier as freedom. That that yeah. literally is freedom when you just don't have that craving or desire anymore. I mean, how lovely would that be? Yeah, that if I could eat a meal and not not have to feel like I, I have to have that little piece of chocolate <laughs> or go to the fridge at work and eat the little frozen Snickers. Yeah, I mean, it, that is true freedom. I love that, that, that you're doing that. So I'm dying to ask you about the thoughts and the actions. So, you know, you're focusing on the awareness and then seeing what the current thoughts are, helping them change the thoughts, and then, you know, doing all this inner work and removing the limiting beliefs and all that. But do you feel like there has to be action, right, that follows that? I mean, you have to at some point, desire to exercise or eat less or eat the right foods or, you know, do, does that come out of the change of thoughts? Or, I mean, yeah, I believe that it's just the thoughts that are changing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and or that's the thing. The weight. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and I'm focusing a ton. Okay. Because the truth is, is that when you're thinking the right thoughts and you're in the right vibration of the feelings, the action is going to, you're going to be able to take aligned action. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Like the action is like where the river, the rubber meets the road. Like you can't have results without the action, but this is about aligned action. Mm -hmm. This is about making sure that what you're thinking and what you're feeling is in alignment with the action you're going to take to get the results. So that action piece is going to be more quote unquote effortless when you're thinking the right thing. And when you eventually, and, and I'm slow and I'm still in my weight loss journey. I'm, I'm lost weight, but I'm still there. But I have found that small little shifts over time come through doing this method. And then eventually the action, the actions get some momentum that it just becomes automatic. Mm -hmm. So the action's still there. It's just that it's, there's not a resistance. It's, it's, it's almost like it's desired at this point when you change your thoughts. Whereas 
the traditional diet is, you know, you have to follow this program, you have to do this exercise, and the thoughts aren't changed, so it's it's like torture doing it, and so of yeah. course people don't last doing it. So it's right. like the thought changes first. It sounds like, and then the actions just follow. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, we can liken it to white knuckling it or willpowering it, you know, and we see it all the time. I think what is, it's like 0.001% of people that lose weight and keep it off, like something ridiculous, like 1% or less than a 1%. And the reason why that happens is because anybody can willpower themselves through a food plan. There are hundreds and thousands of food plans online that are free, but the problem part is they don't follow through with it. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why people don't lose weight is because they do not follow through with what they say they're going to follow through. That is an integrity issue. That is a thought issue. That is, so that's why we work on that for the first couple of weeks. I'm also helping people build the skill of following through what they say they are going to do, which comes down to their thinking. If they don't believe that they have the capability of losing the weight or they don't believe that they have the ability to follow through, they will not. So that's why it starts with thinking and the feelings, but the action is so important too, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I love the, you mentioned law of attraction, and I, I love that, and I love the secret because it just, it brought so much more awareness to the masses that this kind of thing even exists. Um, you know, otherwise, unless you are following Tony Robbins or Wayne Dyer, like you mentioned, and you happen to be on that track because somebody showed you or, you know, um, you may not even know about this, that your thoughts, you know, lead to your reality or your reality is created by your thoughts. And mm -hmm. so that I love that the secret really brought more of that awareness to the masses, but it is kind of a little bit misunderstood, I think, because people think, well, if I change my thoughts, then envelopes are going to start showing up with money in it. And, you know, there has to be that action piece in between. But so I love that that's what your approach is, that you're focusing on the thought and the action does have to happen, it, but it just, it's not as such a resistance. It just happens more naturally, but they do need to be educated too. Are you, are you including any kind of that in your program? Like, well, it sounded like you were saying eliminate the flour and the sugar and, you know, talk a little bit about your program, I guess, at this point yeah. and, and how, <clears throat> how it looks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and really fast, just I love that you brought up, you know, the secret law of attraction again, but I think that where the secret kind of goes short is the lack of action. And I think a lot of people that are like really into law of attraction of the Abrahams, like, don't like the movie just for that one fact where there seems to be a lack of action being done in that movie. <laughs> So I love that you bring it up because that's true because it, it is about the action. So um, really fast, I'm just going to, if, if somebody is, if your listeners are now wondering how this all comes together, like I said, I keep on talking about the model, which is your circumstance, you know, there's a neutral circumstance. So if, if you want to visualize this really fast to your listeners right now, if you take a piece of paper and, you know, you, you put the letter C, which stands for circumstance, and underneath that you put the letter T, which stands for thought, and underneath that you put the letter F, which stands for feelings, and then under that you put A, which stands for actions, and then under that you put R, which stands for results. So if you want to, like, people want to use this to see what, how it works. You can start putting your thoughts in this and then asking yourself, you know, how does that make me feel? 
what are the results that it's creating? You know, what are the actions I'm taking? What are the results? That's how it's really used. So just that's kind of the application of the tool that I'm talking about. Mm, okay. Now, as far as my actual program itself, so, you know, it all comes down to understanding and, and knowing how to use this model. But as far as, you know, like you said, the diet part of it, I believe in, um, I set up everybody with a protocol. So a protocol to me, it's, it's not a diet. It's a long-term sustainable way of eating that you choose for yourself. So I'm not a, a nutritionist. I'm a mindset coach, you know, so I don't, I'm not creating food plans for my clients. Mm -hmm. I'm working with women that already for the most part, understand a little bit about nutrition and that they've tried diets, but the problem is that they haven't been able to apply it or get the weight loss by taking the right actions and following through, most importantly, following through with what they say they're going to do. So I help people, I consult, they choose their own plan. Now I recommend no flour, no sugar. People that are going through my program are not doing no are not eating flour and sugar. And that reason for that is because we're trying to balance their hormones and get their insulin down so that they're able to tap into their body fat and use their own fat as fuel instead of eating, you know, all of the crap. And on top of that too, like, as you know, it's like really addictive. Um, you want it more, there's more resistance. So I definitely recommend getting off flour and sugar. I also um, recommend doing uh, some kind of intermittent fasting. That's something that um, is really big right now. I don't know if you've talked about it on your show or what you know, but um, depending on the person and kind of their lifestyle, I also recommend intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I'm just reading um, Fat for Fuel and experimenting with, with it, ketogenic and actually, which is a little more extreme than just <laughs> reducing flour and sugar, but it's all basically the same concept mm -hmm. um, it's getting rid of the high glycemic index foods and you're right the ones that trigger the hormonal response mm -hmm. that causes the cravings so I love that so keep going yeah so we're just really trying to balance it out so the intermittent fasting is something we play and this is about getting fat adapted so you know keto is one way to get fat adapted I do a little bit more of like a moderate thing where I'm just taking people off flour and sugar having them slightly increase their fat so that they can stay satiated longer. And then what we do is where the rubber meets the road in the application of this is that I have everybody pre-plan what they're going to eat the night before. So, you know, with other traditional diets, you might have a food plan where, you know, 30 days in advance, you know exactly what you're eating. I just don't find that very realistic for life nowadays. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. But yeah. the one thing that I know for sure is I can commit the evening before I go to bed exactly what I'm going to be eating next day. And that's the meta skill that I'm teaching people is pre-planning and then following through what they say they're going to do no matter what, even when they get to that place. So mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people, the key is, learning how to take action in spite of a negative emotion. Mm -hmm. So it's not always going to be rain, but when I, and I do help people with managing their mind so that they can change their feeling and then take action. But sometimes you still need to take action in spite of the negative emotion. And that in itself is a whole skill set. Like I talk about embracing discomfort and still taking. So all of these small little meta skills. So weight loss part itself is committing to a protocol and then sticking to it.
but the mindset piece that I come in is learning how to manage your mind and then applying all of that. Excellent. So most of these women or students or clients are already have the diet program sitting on the shelf or on their computer. They bought many, they've tried many, they're using one of those maybe, but but it's, you're just helping them actually change the thoughts and the lifestyle so that it's, it's a lasting thing, mm-hmm. which is the yep. way to do it. That's awesome. I think a lot of people just define their current situation from their past experience. And that really is a, just a choice. You know, like our past does not equal our future. And I teach people how to be future focused and come from their future self and think as if they're there. And that once again, that another one of those skill sets is when you're not using your past to define you, you show up differently and you can create anything you want in the future. Excellent. So tell us just a little bit, you know, we're almost out of time here, but I know you use the term high vibe living, living. Can you just share with us a little bit of what, what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. So my brand is High Vibe Living with Lauren Ciesco. That's my coaching business. And the reason why I chose that name is because a vibe is a vibration. And it's our, all of our feelings, we have certain different vibrations that each of the feelings create. So the vibration of fear or hate is very, very low versus the vibration of the feeling love or joy or contentment, they're going to be much higher. And when it comes to the law of attraction, you know, what is, what drives the manifestation or what drives what we want is having the feeling of already having it. And so high vibe living is about learning how to create intentional thoughts and feelings to vibe raise your vibration so that you're able to take the aligned action to create the life you want. Mm. And really you're just a walking example of that with, with your own history, you were overweight and instead of just looking at it, you know, as a victim, you took it as a blessing. You looked at the lesson there. I mean, really, if you hadn't experienced that yourself, it'd probably be a lot harder to coach others in getting through it themselves. So, you know, it's almost like you chose that path so that you could experience it and then turn around and do something with that experience. First of all, change your own life and then really just help others do the same. So I love that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has been a gift and a blessing. And, you know, that's why I am doing this. This was given to me so that I could show others that it's possible to not be stuck in this. And, um, you know, it, I love my clients. And I think too, when I've decided to do this, like go all in on myself and to be a life coach and to lose this weight, I actually started to record my own journey. And so I share my behind the scenes videos with all of my clients because I want them to know that I'm in the arena with them. And there's something very powerful as Brene Brown talks about, like being in the arena with them. So I'm just able to come with so much more experience and knowing the the actual like drug, I don't want to say struggles, but just, you know, the reality of like what it really takes. And I also think too, like owning our own stories is like the most powerful thing that we can all do. And I want to help other women um, own their own stories and show up for other people. I love it. I love it. True personal growth um, is the kind of coaching you're doing really 
it's 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 just so much more than weight loss and following some program it's really just it's personal growth is what it is and then everything else falls from that which is the weight loss so it's really how it's meant to work if it was it was meant to work the other way around there wouldn't be thousands of weight loss books and programs on the market you know obviously it doesn't work that's why there's such a market for more and more diet books so really excellent to hear your story lauren and kudos to you for getting out there and you know getting that business going so how can people learn about your coaching program where can they find you yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. A couple different ways to find me is one is just going to be my website, which is www.laurencsco.com and it's spelled L-A-U-R-E-N-C-I-E-S-C-O. I also am very, very active on my social media accounts. So on Instagram, it's hi underscore vibe underscore living and then um, also I just have a, a Facebook group called high vibe living with Lauren Ciesco so those are really the best three places to find me and connect great great and for our listeners you can just also get that information here below the recording once this gets posted on simplylivingwellness.com I'd like to thank all our listeners for coming today. I'd like to thank you, Lauren, for being here, sharing your story. So transparent, so vulnerable, and um, so inspirational, really, for, for our listeners. So thank you again, and we look forward to having you back on the show one day, maybe very soon. Thank you so much, Donna. I really appreciate being here and sharing the story. And I appreciate you providing this platform for to have other um, people in wellness to share their stories too. So thank you.